Hello, and welcome to Writer's Group Therapy. I'm Tom. And I'm Roshni. We're writers helping writers with whatever writing ailments you might have. Whether it's related to your craft or your career, we can help. Are you ready for your session? The The doctors doctors are are in. in. Hi, Roshni. Hey, Tom. How's it going? Ugh. With your books. How's it going with your books? With my books? Well, I have a new book coming out in April, actually, the end of April. Mm. Air of Magic and Mischance, book three in the Kingdom Legacy series. I cannot believe I'm on book three. It's amazing. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. Started as a pandemic baby, and here we are now. Yeah. So now that you've got a series of books, you know, out there, two out there and a third one coming, you must know everything there is about promoting your book. I wish. <laughs> I wish. I am learning so much more as the days go by. Yes. I feel like I'm more like a cautionary tale of what not to do sometimes. Oh, really? I'm yeah. kind of going through the same thing with my mother, who's a, a novelist. She's uh, working on her sixth novel, mm-hmm. and she's also self-published. And she's tried a lot of different things over the years with, with varying degrees of minimal success. And uh, she's using a new... Um, a new uh, uh, consultant now to help her um, focusing mostly on Amazon ads. Have you done any of that? You know, I, I go back and forth on, on Amazon ads. Uh, Some people say they're effective. Some people say they're not, you know, I've, what I've heard is they're not effective until you have, well, you know, I think we're getting ahead of the conversation actually. (laughs) Let's, let's, let's go back what we learned in the film world versus what I learned in the novel world how they are the same, and how they are different. That's a good way to go. Okay. There we go. Because I've done a lot of marketing for our films, our short films, when we did the film festivals and promoting stuff. And, uh, you know, I've done a little bit of the book stuff, helping my mom out, like just Twitter and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. but, uh, you've been, you know, it's your book, so you're a little more vested in it. So so what was your experience? You know, the funniest thing is, so when we were doing our films, we did four short films way back, what was that now? 2015? No, 2017? They were 2015 through 2017, yeah. Well, I mean, but we did the films all in one month. That's like even 2015, I think, yeah. Yeah, they didn't all come out at the same time, but we we shot them all in the same month. And one thing I didn't realize, and even actually uh, just after attending um, my friend Amanda's pilot uh, premiere for the game, which we had uh, the trio of them on the show recently, it's funny because I remember talking to Amanda in December and she was like, we still don't have a venue. We're still trying to figure out like some, you know, things that we want to have in place, blah, blah, blah. And they pulled it together, I think, by the beginning to mid part of January. The event was at the end of January. It was, it was a lovely event. They, just, they did an amazing job with it. Yeah. But at the event, I was struck by how you can pull off a film event with such little timing because a film event is right there in the moment. It's two hours of someone's time. You know, you don't even need press until like maybe the week before leading up to it if you want some previews and then people go there on the day and then they review it afterwards. And those reviews afterward are really what help you gain traction. So in a way, you kind of don't even need stuff in place until after, right, to keep that hype train going. But a book launch is a lot, lot longer. And I treated my first book kind of like a film and it was not a good idea. I didn't realize it at the time yeah yeah with a book because people are reviewing it they need like four to six months out 
that's a lot longer of a yeah, lead time. That's you know? a lot longer. So at least six months promo to get that manuscript. So that means your manuscript has to be done about, you know, you could maybe go three months if you really are cutting it close. So let's say three to five months before your book releases, that manuscript better be done because it has to be in people's hands. They have to read the 300 pages of it. That takes time. And then start, you know, reviewing and, and stuff like that. That is a very big, even even a music launch when you do a CD. It, it kind of goes like a film launch. You don't need that much lead time for press. But a book, holy moly. Well, plus, you know, you never know if they're actually going to review it. You know, you spend a lot of time communicating with these people and, you know, they only have so many to- so much time to review books. And it mm-hmm. takes, like you said, it takes a lot of time. So you, you're doing a lot of uh, promotion to reviewers who may or may not even review it. That's true. That's true. And it, yeah. it's kind of like a secondhand, you know, marketing. You're marketing to the reviewers that will hopefully market your book for you by doing a review versus like what the game did and what we did in our stuff is, you know, we we used um, we tried to go directly to the people who would, you know, watch it and, and promote it for us. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's it's a much shorter to ask someone to listen to a CD or to watch a movie or watch a TV show is a lot less of an ask than read my novel. Yeah, exactly. It's you the know? same thing with scripts, too. When you send mm-hmm. a script to someone, they're going to read the first five pages and decide whether they really want to read the rest of it. Yeah. But unlike that, with a script, usually when you're pitching it, you're pitching it to make it. You're not pitching a script for review. You know what I'm saying? Whereas like a book, you put it out there because you want people to review it so other people will buy it. You, you put a movie or a CD out there because you want people to review it so other people will buy it. But when you're putting a script out there, it's to a select group of people and they're not reviewing it so other people will buy your script, if that makes sense. True. That's, that's not how it works. It depends on who you're, who you're sending it to. Obviously, you know, if you're sending it to producers and studios or production companies, yeah. You know, if you're sending it to like a manager or an agent, then that's a whole different kind of self-promotion. That's true. And even then you still have to give them lead time. Yeah. And you're not, you're not, in that case, you're not really promoting your script as much as you're promoting yourself as a writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, Hey, I looked up the game and, and they already had on their, on their uh, first episode, it looks like over 4,000 views Yeah, just in a couple great. weeks, a thousand subscribers. So that's a good start. Yeah. They're doing really good. Yeah. How many people were at the event? Um, I feel like at least like a hundred. I didn't really like count, but it was full. It was a very full event. Yeah. So we did a screening for our films after we got them all done. And remember at the uh at police, the, the North Ho- North yeah. Hollywood Police Department. Yeah. The the community room there. We packed that with about seventy five people. Yeah. That was a nice a nice event. It was too. a good good way to kick things off. And again, I think I mean it's been a while because it's been a few years, but I feel like we pulled that together in just a few weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, versus putting it out there for months in, a, in advance. And the other interesting thing, too, with a book launch versus a film launch, again, because it's such a short time commitment to ask someone to listen to a CD or, you know, watch a film or watch a TV show, even if people are reviewing it after it's come out, it still works for you. Whereas apparently with book launches, and again, I'm learning so much now joining the literary world, it helps to have those reviews in place pretty much immediately. So so like on launch day, you want to have a ton of reviews because that kind of the algorithm, our favorite word, but it helps 
uh, boost you up in sales. Not that reviews after the fact don't help, but it's kind of like the farther you get away from the launch, the harder it is to boost your number, if that makes sense. I guess, yeah, I understand that because with um, with my mother, Lori Loveman, I should mention her name, Firehouse Family, <laughs> series of uh, period novels, uh, depression area mystery romances. You know, she started writing these decades ago. So, you know, the first book was done and she's she's kind of relaunching them now is what she's mm. almost doing. Yeah. Yeah, so you're kind of starting, not from scratch. I mean, she has great, she has five-star reviews already. But it's kind of like a critical mass, like you said. You need a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So now she's doing these Amazon ads to try to get people to buy the book and then hopefully review the book, which will then spur other people to buy the book and review the book and kind of build on that and kind of like a snowball, you know, snowball gaining, you know, more snow as it goes downhill kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of that analogy. Why did I have to explain it? <laughs> and it's funny with reviews, I feel again, maybe it's because of the length of time that you're spending with a book versus like a film. I feel like with reviews, I have to ask people for reviews. I found that out. I have to ask you specifically, hey, you know, I'll give you a free copy. Please review it. Because, and I'm, I'm like this myself. I'm a pretty avid reader. You, you know, I'm re- I mean, not even the books I narrate, but just in general, I love reading. But a book really, really has to get me one way or another, either really good or really bad for me to put a review up of it. No, and, and a, so, lot of, a lot of people are like that. It's like, yeah, most people will only report something on like Yelp or, you know, those kind of things if they have a bad experience. Or if they have a really stellar one that well, they're like, oh yeah. my gosh, you know, mm-hmm. but never like an average, like, oh yeah, it was, it was cool. I'd come here again. People were kind enough. Like they're not going to put an average experience. Like, yeah. It's not, they're not driven to do that, you know, mm-hmm. um, unless their thing is to do book reviews, you know, then they'll review everything they read. But yes. the average reader is just going to be like, oh, I read it. It was okay. You know, but mm-hmm. move on. Yeah. You know, even if they like it, though, they might not think to go back and review it unless Amazon has a way to, like, prompt them. Hey, remember you bought this? Do you want to write a review? Yeah. I would well, write reviews for your books, but um, I, for some reason, I'm banned from writing reviews on Amazon. <laughs> I don't know why. I it's got all, banned. It's all good. It's all good. Well, you know, one thing else, too, that I found out that's really interesting. And again, this is probably the difference between film critique and book critique. So, you know, when we when we create a film or a TV show, if it's, I, I don't know if you feel this way when you read reviews about stuff like on Netflix before you like plunk the time down to watch it. Five stars, I'll watch. Four stars, I'll watch. Three stars, I'm like, eh, whatevs, you know, and, and lo- less than, unless it's really like, oh my gosh, I have to see it because everybody thinks it's so stupid and I just think it's, you know, kind of fun to watch. So maybe even a one star, you know, I might be like, okay, yeah, The Room, Sharknado, let's do this, you know, because it's kind of like a fun, you know, kitschy kind of thing to watch. But with books, a three star review is actually good, even though it's average. Most books are considered average, and that's good if they give you a three star review. Isn't that weird? But like, a, yeah. but I wouldn't watch an average movie. I don't, I don't want to spend the two hours watching a three star movie. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually did, had that experience just recently with a new series that the Sci-Fi Channel put out, and it want, it's on streaming, and and um, and it was produced by like some big names too. I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not here to you know, dunk on that, but but uh, it, it was not good. It was it had big names attached to it, and it had a lot of you know kind of buzz, but 
the mm-hmm. reviews started coming out and it was meh, it was kind of mediocre. But then I, I watched it and I was like, this is so bad. <laughs> and so then I went to like, was it Rotten Tomatoes? I went, I went online and started reading the reviews. Mm-hmm. And yeah, everybody was, I was like, oh yeah, everybody feels, I'm not, I'm not the only one who feels this way. Yeah. I think with, with stuff like Rotten Tomatoes and, and those sorts of things, there is a little bit of a, a pile on certain, certain movies or shows get um, hate and and then people just want to pile on them. And mm-hmm. you can always see the difference because oftentimes the critical reviews versus the audience reviews are, yeah. are significantly different. I think critics generally to, tend to, you know, try to be fair mm-hmm. in a review. They don't yeah. listen to what anyone else says. They're not piling on. It's just what they think about it. So would you watch a three-star TV show or film? Uh, I'm sure I do all the time because I like sci-fi and so <laughs> but I mean like okay yeah so you watch it and then you don't even bother to check your check the reviews but I'm sure if you had you would have seen it because I go to the reviews first like that's how I decide whether or not to spend my time I don't know I just I wouldn't watch a three-star program but I would read a three-star book and enjoy it and reread it again Netflix doesn't actually have like reviews. They have like thumbs up, thumbs down, I think. And that's it. Oh, interesting. So, and and I don't think, I think they just do that for their own benefit. I don't think they do that for anyone else's. Now there are reviews online and other places that collect those reviews. So you can go other places to look at, but if you're like just scrolling around Netflix, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have those reviews. So you're going to look at something you're going to, based on the description and the picture, you're going to, you know, the trailer, you're going to give it a try or not. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So anyway, back to promotion. So with our short films, I'm just I'm gonna just as from what a perspective of what I did, mm-hmm. um, I did a lot of research into other short uh, sci-fi projects, other short comedy projects, because I, I figured if we had the community of other filmmakers in our genres, we could you know kind of exchange links and promotion you know to each other's audiences. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of that. I looked into um, like Twitter accounts of sci-fi, you know, reviewers and sci-fi, you know, enthusiast websites and podcasts and, um, you know, did a lot of tweeting to those people. So I did, I did a decent amount of research and an outbound type of, you know, promotion. Um, did you do that with your books? So one thing I found, again, I'm on the indie track, not the publisher track. So Apparently, it's very different when you're on each. If you're in a publisher track, you'll have things like marketing built in. You know, that's part of what they do. But for indies, everything I've researched about it says, I mean, unless you're like a huge, you know, you're already a big TikTok star or something like that. But if you're just like an average Joe like me, they actually said you do better once you have a back catalog. It's a lot like YouTube. So like one video might not go viral, but maybe your fifth video goes viral. And then everyone's like, oh, I want to see what else this creator has put out. And then they just, you know, watch all your videos or something like that. So once you have a catalog, like maybe, you know, book two doesn't do well, but book seven, people are like, oh, my gosh, I love it. And then they go back and they read everything else. So that's another reason why I've been, you know, at least trying to release one a year because I'm like, I'm building up that back catalog. Plus, I also have a lot of stories I want to write. But it's, it's great if you want to write a lot of stories, but mm-hmm. and like my mother and her up to her on her sixth novel. That's a lot of effort to put in and a lot of time for the eventual development of an audience. 
I mean, like anything, though, you don't really develop an audience overnight unless you're bringing them from somewhere else that you already had an audience. You know what I'm saying? But nobody, no, no actor, no writer, no producer or director has an audience right off the get go unless they already, you know, were known for something from somewhere else. Like even I think is it John Green who wrote Fault in Our Stars? He had like a uh, he still does has like a YouTube vlog. So he already had a platform and then his Mm. books came out. You know what I'm saying? That helped a lot. Now, it worked for him. I'm not saying we all need to run out and do a vlog because it doesn't always work for everybody, obviously. But my point is, that's what helped him a little bit, you know, get forward. There's other independent authors I can think of who ended up getting sold in the bookstores, but they had already done really well as independent writers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And... I think like anything else, it's like if people continue to see your name, like one of the things that uh, they talk about now, this is going back into acting. If you so one of the things they say out here is your shelf life. Bands have a shelf life of about five years. Most bands break up around the five to seven year mark because they haven't made it. Comedians have a 10 year, 10 years before they break into the industry or give up. Actors out here have a shelf life of two. A lot of actors give up after two years because they're like, I didn't make it big. And they go back home. Interestingly enough, if you can make it past a certain point, the casting directors keep seeing your name and they're like, oh, Roshni's still here. I'm going to call her in. Oh, she's good. I'm, ca- I'm going to call her back. And a lot of it is just people see your name over and over and you're submitting over and over. And they're like, she's still in town. Yeah, I liked her. Yeah, yeah let's bring her back. Do you know what I'm saying? It's kind of the same thing. I put out one book. People be like, okay. But if I put out five, then they're like, she's still here. She's still writing. Okay, let's read this. That's how I view it anyway. Okay. I mean, obviously, nobody ever makes it with their first script either. You know, so screenwriting's, um, you know, you got to keep writing and improving and what have you. But with books, you know, you're hopefully putting out solid books each time. You don't we we can have lots of scripts that are like buried in a pile, you know, stuff we wrote 20 years ago or 10 years ago or five years ago that may never see the light of day, but it was at least part of the process so that your next script is better. You know, but one thing though, too, about scripts versus books is a novel, you can still because it is largely a solo activity, yes, you have to hire an editor. Yes, you should hire someone to design your book covers. But if you cheaped out and did your own editing and proofreading and, you know, designed a cover on Canva, like you could cheap out on it. I'm not saying you should, but you can go pretty cheap and self-publish and it doesn't cost you a lot of money. A script still costs money. Either you sell that puppy or you make that puppy. And that that's money right there, because now you're hiring a director and a producer and crew and cast and you need sets and you need wardrobe and you need make. You know what I'm saying? You your script is not just by itself, whereas your book, you can still kind of here you go. That's it by itself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Screeners don't really promote themselves based on their scripts so much as the products that they Mm -hmm. produce from them. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Although there are a lot of screenwriters who have made a lot of money selling scripts that never got made. I've, I've heard of those people like that. You know, that it happens, you know, where mm-hmm. somebody just happens to write scripts that someone buys, but then doesn't make or pilots that don't get picked up, that kind of thing. 
I mean, there's script doctors out there. I don't even know how you would get that job in particular. I feel like there's a lot of writing jobs that like people fall into that are lucrative, like being, you know, a ghostwriter or being a script doctor. And it's probably just right time, right place and who you know. I think, you know, I know I know of several of those script doctors who had, you know, some success a while ago. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know if they're just not writing as much anymore or if they're just, you know, using that, you know, experience that they had, you know, having a successful show or movie mm-hmm. to, you know, I would say pay it forward, but they're getting paid to then help other people. So, you know, it's it's kind of like I, I had my moment. I did my I had my big win. And now I'm just going to, you know share that information with other people. And a lot of that is kind of, you know, a a business model for, you know, taking your experience and, you know, banking it, you know, so you've, if you can, you know, write a script and sell it, that's great. But if you've done that and then someone else wants to learn from your experience and you can do that for a whole bunch of people, that's a revenue stream basically. Oh, for sure. I mean, and some people too, I think are idea people, but can't necessarily execute it well. And that's why you have a co-writer or you bring in a script doctor or something like that. I mean, sometimes I feel I'm like, I've got a great idea, but I don't want to be the one to write it because I don't think I could do it justice. You know what Mm. I mean? So I'm sure if I feel that way and I am an active writer, then there's got to be people out there who are like, you know, I'd rather just pretty up someone's work than like have to deal with starting from scratch. Since you, you you have published two novels now, and if someone else is out there wanting to do what you're doing, what what marketing tips, what promotional tips would you give them like to do from the very beginning? Like if if I if I wanted to write a novel and I haven't started it yet, what would you tell me to do first? From a, not from best... a writing perspective, but from a promotional okay. perspective. Like I if mean... you could go back before you started writing your first novel, what would you have done differently? Well, honestly, your best your first line of attack should be get good editing and get a good cover artist. And I know that the editing is still technically writing, but I I do read indie authors. I read published and I read indie authors. I read indie authors for my work and I read indie authors for fun. And some of the best selling indie authors I read still have typos, still have grammatical errors. And I'm like, you're selling lots and you didn't even go at least correct the ebook, even if you don't want to correct the print, correct mm-hmm. the ebook, you know, because that's cheap. That's easy. Sometimes it's even free, depending on who your distributor is. So seeing those typos and seeing those grammar errors, I'm like, oh, you know, that's your first line of defense, because a publisher book is not going to have those errors. You, that's that's your baseline standard. Right. Is mm-hmm. it should be a clean copy. It's it's like continuity, right? Game of Thrones. Take the Starbucks coffee cup out of the scene. You <laughs> the know what I mean? Infamous Starbucks cup. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's come on. That's basic filmmaking, guys. Like let's not you know kill the world building. So it's the same kind of thing. I see a typo in a book, and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I've seen typos where I'm like, wait, you said that character was a girl. Now he's a guy. What? You know, things like that. Just <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a basic. Diff. Yeah. You should be. You should be hiring someone or combing over your material to make sure that doesn't happen and do good cover art because I hate to say it, we will judge a book by its cover and not that you can't, there are free and cheap ways of doing it on Canva or I've seen other like, you know, uh, buy a generic cover options. 
Not that you can't do that, and it works for some types of books, but you can tell when something has been cheaply done off of like a free art website Mm -hmm. versus I paid good money, and it doesn't have to be expensive. I think my cover artist is like 300 bucks, you know? It, it, It makes a difference. Yeah, that actually works in screenwriting too. If if you can design a movie poster, mm-hmm. it it can help you, you know, get a script, you know, read because people see the poster and they go, "Wow, this looks really cool." You know, hopefully your script lives up to it. But um, I did that for one of my films. I spent like I, I think I talked to about three hundred dollars, like you said, you know, for a, a, de- a designer I found on um, designcrown.com dot com is a great site for stuff like that. You just you you do a one sheet with that poster image, and you know, wow, it gets you know people interested in reading the script. Yeah, like if you do the pitch deck or you do a sizzle reel, make it look good. You don't have to spend a ton of money, mm-hmm. but don't use you know crappy images. Don't use bad sound. Don't make it look amateurish. Yeah. You know, one thing that's uh, a trend. I don't know if it's still trendy right now. Is book trailers. Some of them are, yeah, some of them are super clever. And some of them I'm like, don't even bother. Like, why did you put this together? It looks very amateurish. Don't, don't do it. You know, Uh, my mother tried that, that route as well um, with a website that basically gave you clips of video to put together and it, you know, overlay text on it with music and Mm. spit out this generic ish kind of teaser for your book. Mm. Did she like it? I think she liked it. I mean, it was okay. There was nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it. I just don't know that it was very effective. Mm-hmm. And like you said, that's kind of like, it kind of is like a fad that I don't know if it's come and gone or if people I... are still doing it. I don't see very many of them. but I don't either. Yeah. Or if I do see them, I think the format of them has changed. Like how they do it is mm. is, is changed. Um, Yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, a, a and it, I got to admit, like, it's rare that a book trailer would get me to buy a book. So I just to me, I'm just like, I don't need to deal with it. Like, I don't need to create one because it's mm-hmm. not something that would draw me personally in. But it might for other people, you know. So that would be one thing I would do. I would say, do you need social media? It's not bad. If you already have a social media presence, then, you know, continue to cultivate it. <sighs> you know, pick a platform. I, I'm on all of them. Instagram's probably my favorite. I know yeah. there's like tons on TikTok, but like, it's a lot again, of work. I was going to say, yeah, your time is valuable. It's a so whole other career basically. Yeah. Go, go where uh, your time is well spent and where you are feel comfortable and, and what you like. Give it a long lead time. Don't do what I did and be like, oh, two months is enough time. It is not enough time. So yeah, I would give it a long lead time. I made a mistake with the release of my second book. And again, because I didn't realize how book release world worked. If you decide, this is a whole nother conversation now, but if you decide to go wide versus going exclusive with Amazon, it affects how your reviews show up ahead of time. I didn't know that. So I'm uh. one. I'm with Find, uh, yeah, Find a Way and uh, Draft to Digital. And going wide means I'm with Amazon, but I'm also with some publishers overseas, and I'm also in some libraries. With Amazon, you can do, um, I think it's called KDP Select, KDP Select, and you're exclusive with Amazon. Now, it's only for a short amount of time, and you can re-up it if you want. But the issue with that is, so of course, because you're in the Amazon system, they're going to be nice to you. 
and you can have uh, advanced reviews show up on your books and stuff like that. But you're not necessarily in libraries unless you do a different distributor. You're not necessarily, you know, on Google or Apple or something because you're exclusive, correct? So because I'm wide, I cannot have preview reviews on my books. And I didn't know that because I just didn't know it. So for the second book, I did a campaign ahead of time for the whole month ahead of time before the book launch, hoping to get reviews before the book launched. But people couldn't review the book on Amazon, which is where I needed it to be. Oh. So that whole campaign really didn't do much for me, unfortunately. Mm. And I, I was like, wow, I learned a valuable lesson. So I'll bow to our Amazon overlord. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it just depends on are you exclusive or are you wide? So now with this upcoming release, I have started the tour. The, the book releases April 25. The tour starts April 25 and it goes for the week following the release. So okay. any reviews will now be able to be posted on Amazon because the book will officially be out. Cool. I am not making that same mistake again. There you have it. Learn yeah. from Roshni's mistake. Oh, yeah. So start early. Know what you are if you're wide or, you're, or if you're exclusive. Give it a long lead time. Make sure you've got that manuscript ready to go for people to, to read it at least four to six months out, maybe three months if you really want to push it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying okay. to think what else. <laughs> so, uh, no, that's really interesting. You know, it's, it's a different kind of marketing. And I've been in marketing for a long time, but it, it's a whole different beast. I did a lot of research as I went. I didn't do any of the research ahead of time because I didn't know what I was looking for. Well, what are you doing that you're promoting? Are you, do you promote your short films, your web series, your books? Let us know if you have any cool tips or tricks on promotion. We'd love to share them with the audience. Otherwise, we will see you next time. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, WG Therapy, and we'll see you next time. Bye.